Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. I'm curious if you've ever struggled with this. When I was younger, and even still today, if I'm being honest, there's times where I have a hard time visualizing my financial goals. Like I can visualize a marathon. I can visualize a 5K. I can visualize a bodybuilding competition. I can visualize a home renovation project. But visualizing having a set amount of money or paying off a specific debt that was always really difficult for me. And that's why I was so excited to chat with today's guest, Shauna Compton Game, who is an expert when it comes to mindset and goal setting, and more importantly, visualizing some of those intangible things, especially when you don't know what's possible for your life. But before we dive into today's guest and a little bit about Shauna's background, I have to share with you a really great money win that I saw in the Manager Money Like a Boss Facebook group. This money win comes from Jazz. Jazz says, completed my first furniture flip. Girlfriend, you know I'm excited about that. Originally thought I might keep this table when I moved last month and started decorating for a modern boho vibe, but it didn't fit my rug and artwork. Paid $5, sold it for $15, no work done, and headed to Goodwill this weekend to see what else I can find. I've been wanting to flip furniture for years. Jazz, congratulations on your money win. I am so stoked that you are trying to flip furniture. I'm not joking. I I know I talk about this all the time. I'm a big fan. When I find a side hustle that actually brings in money and doesn't require a ton of work, I am all about it. I always believe in working a little bit smarter, not harder. And it sounds like you do too, Jazz. So congratulations. I'm super excited to see how your Goodwill thrift goes and hopefully see some more of your money wins posted in the Facebook group. So congrats again. Okay, let's dive into today's guest, Shauna Compton Game. She is such a rock star and her and I connected oh my goodness, years ago through Facebook or Instagram, I don't recall which, but I'm a big fan of her work and everything that she's doing. She's an award-winning certified financial planner, and she also has an MBA. She is a leading millennial money expert. She truly is. She works with a lot of big brands, is constantly 
quoted and published in lots of different publications. And she's the creator of one of what I think is one of the best podcasts. It's called Millennial Money Podcast, and it's got over 12 million downloads. That is so crazy. Like we're like nearing 2 million, but they have over 12 million downloads. That's so wild to me. She also created this really fun product called Money Mindset Journal, where it helps you visualize your goals and really put a little bit more intentionality behind everything in your finances. Now, in her free time, her quote unquote free time, she travels the world. She is seriously a very avid traveler. I've always been super inspired by her adventures. She takes daily mindset walks. Is that not the cutest thing ever? And likes to cook as well. So she's an accomplished speaker and writer, and she's been featured in publications like Women's Health, MSN Money, Real Simple, Reuters, Bankrate, CNBC, Refinery29, Outside Magazine, like so many. She's also a professor in finance at California State University, Northridge, teaching all about financial literacy. I am so excited for you guys to listen to this episode. Here's a little bit about what we're going to be talking about. So first and foremost, we have a really good conversation about how running and funding a film festival actually led Shauna to the world of personal finance. She worked for a period of time with individuals that had a $100 million net worth and growing And so she, we have a really good conversation around what is it that somebody with a hundred million dollars is doing differently than someone with a hundred thousand dollars? What are the differences there and how they approach their finances? We also talk about a very uh, personal subject of her becoming deaf in one ear and how that actually changed her life. Tips for visualizing your goals and what your life could be. This section was so needed for me. I Again, I, I have a hard time with that sometimes. We talk about personal life visions, collaborating with a partner, and why understanding your financial situation can help you accelerate your goal achievement. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this episode. I know I definitely did. So if you do like it, make sure you share it with one person that you care about and take notes. There's a lot of good information in here, so I hope it's helpful for you. All right, guys, let's go ahead and dive in to today's guest, Shauna Compton-Gang. Shauna Compton, thank you so much for hanging out on the show. It's such an honor to chat with you. I am so excited. You are one of my very, very favorite people. So this is such a pleasure. Likewise. So truly, I'm not even just saying this. I used to listen to your podcast clear back in the day. And I remember listening and thinking, oh my God, I wish I had a podcast. So it's kind of a fun full circle moment for me. So I'm having a good time with this. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's so cool that there are so many different voices out there, particularly in the money realm, because look, we need as many people out there shouting the message about financial literacy, about uh, thinking about money in a different way. I mean, we just really need to like revolutionize the whole way. I believe that everybody has been taught about money. So it's so great to have other voices out there. Well, I'm stoked. So tell us a little bit about your background. Like, why are you so passionate about personal finance? Where does this come from? Yeah, it's really an interesting uh, question because I started my career out when I was actually in college I started at the time was the first uh, national student film festival. Oh, okay. And I ran that for five years and it was myself and like three other college students. So we were like 18, 19, 20, but we were raising about a quarter of a million dollars each year in order to fund our film festival. And we had guests from the entertainment industry out. And I mean, it was a very legitimate 
business venture. And I ended up selling it when I got out of college. And fast forward a couple years, got my MBA. My father had always been in the financial industry. And one day he just came to me and said, hey, why don't we just uh, try to work together? He had had a financial planning firm. And he was working with uh, people who had a lot of money, mm-hmm. <laughs> $100 million estate type people. Wow. And what I started to realize was that the skills that I had learned growing my film festival were really budgeting skills, thinking about things differently, being resourceful, you know, thinking outside of the box, how to save money, like all of these money skills that I didn't really know at the time would be extraordinarily useful. And so when we started working with clients, I was like, oh, well, that's the same thing that I did here or, oh, you just need to X, Y, Z. And so I started to really put the puzzle pieces together, but probably a lot, what you have seen as well, a lot of my peers who got an MBA, um, whatever, a master's degree, it could be anything, just graduated from college, really didn't know anything about personal finance. And they didn't really know where to go to learn about personal finance in a language that was approachable. And so I started to do what I do, which is speak and write and creatively come up with ways to talk about money in a way that would resonate with with people. And that was really where my passion came from was just saying, okay, we need some modern day teachers of personal finance. We live in a very different world now with technology and everything sort of at our fingertips. And I want to be one of those voices and help whoever I can help. So it really just sort of emerged from this interesting time of of learning about money from a very practical standpoint and then pairing it with my creative side and saying, okay, let's, let's see what I can do with this. That's amazing. I love that your journey was, I mean, not necessarily clear cut, right? It's never linear. You kind of (laughs) know you did a few different things and kind of stumbled upon this, but it seems like it was always relating to money. I think that's super cool. Yeah. I mean, if you would have asked me at like 19, 20 years old, Hey, uh, do you want to go into the field of, of money and personal finance? I would have said, what? Like, no, that is not going to happen. At that time I wanted to be a film producer. So, um, I, I would have literally laughed you, laughed you out. But, uh, but now I look at all of the pieces. I think that's really, really cool. If you can look back at your journey, especially if it has ebbed and flowed all over the place Mm -hmm. and you can start to see little pieces that emerge like, Oh, okay, this led to that. And this skill is helpful now. And you can start putting those puzzle pieces together. I think that's the only way you, you stay sane around, um, kind of those crazy career tracks. No doubt for sure. I'm curious. One thing that kind of piqued my interest when you're talking about working with people that were a hundred million dollar plus estates, what do you, can you find like any inkling, like what is somebody that's earning that much money and has accumulated that much wealth? What are they doing differently than the average person that can't even seem to get past even a hundred thousand dollars? Like what, what's the fundamental difference there? I think that is such a great question because what I got to see working with people who had those large estates all the way down to people who were just out of college, just starting out was that there's a lot more similarity than there was difference, which I found really fascinating. People who had big estates, I found a couple of things 
not necessarily that they did differently, but they focused on a lot more. One was definitely this mindset piece, which has, you know, sparked this, uh, passion in me, but it was really this mindset around money about thinking about money differently, thinking how you could use the money you have more efficiently to get you where you want to go. Also, people who had that big of estates, they were really focused on daily goals. So it was it was the organization of how they approach their money from a different standpoint. And they were also okay with this idea of I don't like using the word failure, but for lack of a better word, that maybe something wouldn't work out, like maybe an investment wouldn't work out the way they thought it would, but they were always trying to make calculated risks. And if something didn't pan out, they were okay with saying, okay, I'm going to pick up dust off and move on to something else. So, Mm -hmm. and I think something I talk about a lot with people is people with those big of estates, they tend to think of money in terms of different buckets. So rather than just saying, I'm going to save all my money in a 401k or an IRA, they thought about how can I spread my money out in different buckets and really grow my wealth, not only upwards, but also vertically Mm. out so that if there is a stock market crash or we're in a weird time like we are in now, there are lots of different places that they could go to for money. And of course, that's way easier said than done if you're making millions of dollars a year. But then you also saw, I mean, I saw this probably 80% of time with people who made a million dollars plus a year was that once you got underneath the covers, you saw a lot of the same things that we all struggle with. Mm. They were either over budget, they weren't saving money properly, they didn't have their eye on their money, so they didn't know where any of it was actually really going. And you know, I mean, so there were a lot more similarities than there were differences. That's so interesting because, yeah, I, I don't get a chance to talk with people that work with people or have seen estates that large, so it's super almost comforting <laughs> to yes, hear. Yes, it you is. Know? It's like they don't have some big secret, that, not necessarily, that I'm aware of. No, I, I mean, I think that's that's the comforting thing. I think you would probably agree with this, that because we don't talk about our money situation very often with our peers or mm-hmm. <laughs> even with our partners sometimes, it creates a very isolating experience. Yep. And so we tend to think that our problem or our issue, we're the only ones that this is happening to, when in a reality, it's happening to almost everyone, but just in maybe a different variation. And so if we can break down some of those walls and really explain to people that people who have $100 million in net worth or are making a million dollars a year, they struggle sometimes with the exact same things that we're going through. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's changing that mindset of thinking that when you get to a certain mark, like suddenly all your money trouble is going to be gone. That's actually not the case. Ooh, that is so good. That is so good. And I love that you mentioned even the mindset piece and how that plays such a role into that. Tell me a little bit about the money mindset journal that you created. I have a strong feeling that this came from personal experience. So what was the inspiration <laughs> behind it? Yeah, so it's sort of twofold. I mean, one is obviously working with people and looking at what were those similarities of all these different people, all different ages, all different incomes, all different 
situations? And what is one of the pieces that took them from a place of being stuck to a place of actually thriving? Mm -hmm. And nine out of 10 times it was once they got their mindset right and they moved from either a scarcity to an abundance mindset or maybe it was just simply that they started to believe that something was possible and they started to see little bits of, if it was debt, little bits of that getting paid off or wh whatever it may be. They saw like little, you know, glimpses behind the curtain that something was actually changing for them. Suddenly it was like you catapulted them out and they were able to achieve goals that they had struggled with for years and years. And that really comes from, from an awareness, from a belief, from understanding where you come from, how you think, act, and feel about money. Mm -hmm. And so I often tell people, like, I can give you all the tools in the toolkit, but unless you get your mind right around money, you're not going to know how to use those tools. So true. So that was really something that I had seen over and over and over again. And I started to really lean into that on my podcast and with, with friends, having those almost more like therapy discussions around money and seeing people open up little pockets in themselves that were maybe closed down for a long time. And then suddenly going, ah, I could do this. I can make this happen. Or this is starting to change. Or, you know, what? I, I, I can be good with money. And so, so it was that evolution. And then personally, I have struggled with money mindset myself for years and years and years. I was the girl who, wouldn't look at my ATM receipts and being a financial expert, I mean, that's pretty bad, <laughs> but I would, I would fold up my ATM receipts and shove them in my wallet, never to look at it again, because I had one of those brains where it was really good with numbers, but it would also take me to a dark place. I would, you know, everything would sort of, uh, train wreck for me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I get that. <laughs> And so I thought, okay, this is not good. Like I have to figure this out because I was watching other people and I was coaching other people through that transformation. So I knew I have to figure this thing out myself. And then, um, in October, 2018, I had a really freakish thing happen. I was waiting to go into a yoga class one day and all of a sudden became totally deaf in my left ear. Whoa with uh 24/7 tinnitus. So think of like the worst TV static running oh all the time gosh. in your head. And uh from that time went to lots of different doctors, acupuncturists, uh you name it. Every type of doctor I went to to figure out what is this and uh how do I uh how do I fix this? Is it possible? And uh Basically, this is this is what I this is what I am now. This is my new reality, yeah. is is being uh, being deaf in the left ear. And although there could be way worse things that happen in life, uh, it's hard to explain to someone. But you actually do need two ears. <laughs> yeah, your body uh, it just knows there's something wrong, and it's it's almost like um, you're unequal. Uh, more or less. So it's hard for me to locate where sound comes from. You could be talking to me on my right side and I think you're on the left and vice versa, all sorts of things. And so I've had to learn how to be a podcaster through this and you name it. So wow. that really sparked, like that was sort of the, the, the final ignition point, if you will, behind mindset, because I no longer have a choice not to master my own mindset in every areas of life. Hmm. And 
um, so I thought, okay, I mean, I, I'm here with this situation, but let me see how I can use this, uh, you know, make lemonade out of lemons, how I can use this to help other people. And that's really where the evolution behind this journal came about because it started with a practice I was doing myself and a practice I was teaching other people. And then it just morphed into, okay, I actually need to create a product around this because I feel like this is my new, this is my new calling. This is my new path with all of that, that I, that I went through. So it's been a definitely an interesting, uh, last couple of years for sure. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine, but I love that. As you mentioned, you were able to turn a crappy situation into something where you can help others through your experience and a system. I think that's so incredible and so brave of you to do that. I, I don't know how many people would be able to take it with a, a positive outlook and say, you know, this is my new reality. I'm still going to thrive. I'm still going to have a podcast that completely kills it. Congrats on that too, by the way. But I, I'm just, you. I'm so inspired by that. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's not been easy. So I, I certainly can't say that. And I have days where I have days where it's just, it's a lot. I mean, I went to one acupuncturist and he was like, you cannot have stress in your life. And I was like, <laughs> like that's oh, funny. <laughs> yeah. That is really funny. That's not going to happen. So what's option B? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Just live stressfully. You didn't know that was an option? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, okay, I'm going to go to my my Caribbean island and I'm just going <laughs> to sit on the beach all day long. You've been holding um, out on me, my friend. I didn't know you had I that. know. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, so, I mean, I it's really, I think, I think if I can relate it to, to someone who's listening, it's whatever situation you're going through, it's we have two choices. We can either fall apart and retreat backwards or we just figure out, okay, how do I, how do I now with this new bag of goods propel myself forward. So for me, that's, that's the only choice. And if, if I can use something that's impacting me to help somebody else, that at least feels, makes me feel better at the end of the day that I've not gone through what I've gone through, um, without a purpose. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I think this is such an important topic to dive into because I know that in my head, I could see how this ties into our, our money plan so beautifully. So how, when you approach creating a money plan, do you start with mindset or do you start with something different? Like how do you approach that with, with clients? I start with mindset. Not everybody can wrap their heads around that word, but you can use different vocabulary. But for me, mindset and mindfulness, it's really just about awareness. So it's, it's taking the blinders off and seeing what's in front of you, but from a healthy point of view, rather than a destructive one that is very easy to fall into. So in my opinion, a lot of how we quote unquote do money is from a more mindless approach. And again, not that that's a judgment at all. That's just a reality. But, you know, if we, if we move into, into, into mindset, I really believe it's like this powerful key to money success. It's like the secret sauce, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I think mindset doesn't immediately, it's not, it doesn't make you rich, right? We're, it, we're not going to go off to that uh, that island in the Caribbean just for changing our mindset. But what it does is it creates a belief system in you that you can either figure something out, find someone to help you figure it out, or maybe it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. So it's, it's thinking about 
the vision you have for your life, thinking about where you are, who you are, what you're made of, it's really coming at it from a higher level approach. And I think when you can, you can almost like come out of yourself, if you will, and you can see yourself, I I liken a lot to movie, when you can see the whole plot in front of you, then you're able to make money decisions from a, a better perspective. Like you can see the whole movie in front of you. And rather than just making either rash decisions or decisions that aren't well thought out, you can come at your money with a far more mindful approach and the whole goal of that, of course, is to to achieve your goals and get you to the version of life that you really want to live. Hmm. What about, I always hear, and I, I've even been this person before in my own life, where seeing that vision is kind of hard. It's really, it's yeah. difficult to envision what your life could be when you go into places like of depression or anxiety or just lack of awareness. How do you work with people to like get a vision that's very clear, very articulated? Is there any tools or tricks that we can use? I actually go back to being a kid and I take people back to this a lot. And I've, I found this to be really effective. Like I'll get out a piece of paper and crayons for someone and I'll say, okay, let's just draw. I know this may seem silly or crazy, but let's draw out uh, any images that come to mind when you think about the life you want to live. And it, you know, some people draw a house and they draw a dog and a business and whatever. Some people just write out words like feelings. How do I want to feel in my life? Mm. If the feeling is I want freedom or I want to feel empowered. Okay. All of these feelings then we can tie to, to the money. So we're actually giving your money direction versus maybe just shooting it all different directions. So it's any way we can visualize. I always do visual first because I think that if you can get something out of your head on paper and then look at it, even if it's like a crazy drawing, Mm -hmm. you at least are like, oh, okay, there's sort of the framework of my vision. How do I get this stuff? And so I think a lot of times we have, again, because we don't talk about our money or even our goals around money with many people, they're just sort of swimming in our heads and it's, it can be confusing. Um, it can be defeating. Uh, there's all sorts of things that, that we, um, voices that we tell ourselves around money. So I, again, I just come back to this really, I'm about like, let's get back to basics. So just come back to this really simple approach of like, let's just draw this thing out. Let's see what this thing looks like. And then we can figure out all the money part. Like, you know, that's the easy part, but let's get the actual vision out of our head. I think that's like the, we say it's like the basic and that's the, yeah, you're right. That is the easy part is putting the money to work for you. But it's that vision. When you went through this process, like give us some context. What did your, what does your life vision look like? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, mine now very much does look like having a house in the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know mine too. Uh, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be real, uh, you know, I mean, for me, it's, it's being able to have life on my terms. So I'm, I'm not a corporate girl. I, I have had one very small office job, but the rest of my life has been all entrepreneurial. So uh, I'm a big creative. I need to have creative time in my day, but I've also learned that it's okay to say part of the vision for my life is having having some time, having time to relax, having time to read, having time to 
yeah, travel or, or lay on a beach chair or something like that. So how do I create a life that supports that? And how do I get my money to, to come around that, um, is, is really important. And I think you would probably agree with this, that on social media, it's super easy to attach yourself to someone else's life oh, yeah. and the things they have and the things they're doing without the perspective of, well, maybe that's just not what I want in my life. Um, uh, exercise I take a lot of my, uh, entrepreneur friends through is, all right, let's sit down and like, let's actually figure out what you actually need to make each year. Like, well, I want to make a million dollars. Okay. But you might not need that. Sure. You might have a different, uh, lifestyle where 75,000 or 80,000 or a hundred thousand is perfect for you. It keeps you right in your sweet spot. And that doesn't mean that you're not excelling and you're not being the best you, but not everyone was built to make $5 million a year or kill themselves to get there. So I think it's important to be realistic with ourselves too. And, and just really know what makes us tick. And that's not, it's not an easy process, but I think it's an important self-discovery. I love that. I think that's so smart too, to just start with more of the internal reflection of what do I want and then put together that plan. I think that's so smart. And I love the idea of putting how much you want to make on paper because I, I have actually done this and I did this a couple years ago and I legitimately, Shauna, I thought I was going to be the person that needed to bring in 5 million bucks per year. I'm like, oh, it just it right? sounded, sounded good. It was just like some <laughs> weird number. And when I actually went through my dream life of like, okay, I want to pay extra on my house. I want to maybe pay this off early. I want to invest in real estate. I want to, okay, you know, the bottled juices, the glass bottles. Yeah. I don't, that is my I made it moment. I don't know why that is, but I was like, I want to buy my juice and have my fridge yes. like lined up. And when I put it all on paper, it was not that much money. Right. Oh, it was, it was super eye-opening. So I love this exercise. Yeah, because sometimes I feel like we're killing ourselves to try to get us to a place that uh, maybe that's not where we're supposed to be. And again, it has nothing to do with you not being aggressive or using your talents. All of that has absolutely no judgment around it. But when you figure out, yeah, am I, do I want all the juice bottles lined up in my fridge? Do I want, do I want to travel two months out of the year? Okay. Well, that's going to create a different mindful money plan than someone's like, oh, maybe I take a weekend away here or there, but travel really isn't of interest to me. So it's, it's really thinking about your life and thinking about all areas, not just, um, I say that money touches all aspects of your life. So you have to think about, uh, relationships, where you're going to live, what type of career you want down to small things. What's in your house, what size of house works for you. I mean, Mm -hmm. when you start to break it down on that, on that level, uh, it's a lot easier to figure out that number. I think, I think you're spot on too. And this, this brings up a good point as you're talking about even the relationships, what do you do or what advice do you have if if you're going through this exercise and you're you're in a partnership and your partner doesn't quite have the same vision, <laughs> what would you no. do in that context? Yeah, that's a tough one, right? I mean, couples couples <laughs> around money. I've been in some like really interesting uh, situations with couples when we're going through money <laughs> things. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that's really where the partnership aspect comes in and you each individually create your own vision. And then you come together and say, okay, 
what pieces of yours and what pieces of mine line up? How do we get those two things to merge together? I might have to compromise on some of my things. You might have to compromise on some of your things. But how do we generally get those things to merge together into a a joint paper drawing of our life? Because then as partners, we're pointing in the same direction versus me trying to to get my vision over here and you trying to get your vision over there. And we're, we're almost defeating each other in the yeah. process, which is not good for your money. So it's really that communication and uh, also not, I think, not making it stressful. That's why I always come back to like drawing things, because if you can sit around a table with a cocktail with your partner and, and draw out or write out or create a vision board around your life. It takes that stress away from, from talking about money in a pure spreadsheet manner. And you are, you're more in a dreamlike state. And I think it's a lot easier to come together that way. I mean, yes, you have to bring the numbers together, but if you start out from that place, I think it takes a lot of the stress off of you of having those difficult or challenging couple money conversations. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So once we've got this mindset and this vision of what we what our ideal life looks like, how do we how do we put it together with our actual numbers? Do you have any like systems or tips for that? Yeah, I think that it's again, it's really cementing the basics. And when I say basics, it's not um basics is such a bad word (laughs) when it comes to money because people are like, oh, I want to do super sophisticated things. Oh, you're so right. And it's not that it's not, I mean, the sophisticated thing is actually being really great and disciplined with the basics. Like that's the sophisticated thing. And that's the thing that I saw replicated with a lot of people who, who didn't make a lot of money was they were constantly looking at their money in terms of two different questions, what's working for me and what's working against me. Mm. And it was, whether it was done weekly or done daily or done monthly, they never let too much time go by where they weren't analyzing lots of things. So things like what were my investment fees? Were I paying crazy bank fees or credit card fees? You know, where were my investments? Was I missing out on maybe a company match or something in my 401k? little things like subscriptions, um, not having the right car insurance. Like they were really doing this like detective work with their money. Uh, I like to try to do it weekly, but if not monthly works as, as well, but really thinking about what's working for you, what's working against you, those things that are working against you. What, what if those that you can change or alter in some degree and then have extra money that you can drive towards your goals? So People who made a lot of money, they're constantly thinking about either how, obviously, how can I spend my money better? How can I save my money better? But more importantly, how can I find money in my bank account, in the the money situation I'm already in, and just reroute it towards my goals? And I've seen people do this strategy of various incomes, but it starts to become really powerful when you feel like you have control over your money and not that your money is controlling you. Oh, that's so big. That's such a huge step. And I appreciate you saying that the basics are actually the tough part. I think we get so caught up. We're always, like you said, we're always looking for a different strategy. But for most of us, it's what's the basics? It's cash flow management. It's tax optimization. I mean, it's like stuff that we overlook sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's funny when, when I start teaching, uh, I teach at a university here in Los Angeles. I've taught financial literacy for about eight years now. And 
I always ask him in the beginning of semester, I of course have the lesson plan, but I'm like, what do you want to learn? And it's like, oh, I want to learn how to buy cryptocurrency. <laughs> totally. And, you know, I, I want to invest in, I mean, they're just the craziest things that they throw at me. How can you teach, can you teach me how to short sell stocks? I'm like, okay, what? <laughs> Let's back up. <laughs> Let's go way back because we have to actually build the foundation on the house before we can build the house. <laughs> no doubt. And so, I, and there's nothing wrong with saying, especially like the time we're in now, like, okay, we got to come back to the foundation and figure out what's working and what isn't working. I mean, that's to me the sexy part about money because that's really where, again, you're in the driver's seat and you're not doing anything mindlessly. You're doing it in a very mindful way. Oh, I love this. I think this is so, so important. There's two pieces I want to dive into. The first piece is you kind of mentioned this weekly check-in with yourself. Do you, how do, how do you formulate this? Is this like a checklist that you have printed off and you just go through it every week or how do we, how do we structure this? I think it's really about finding out what works for you. And there's a lots of different techniques. Um, I have used post-it notes. I have used a printed off sheet where I am looking at where I spent money last week. Oh, cool. I'm looking at where my goals are for the month that I'm in. And I'm also looking at, okay, what's coming up next week? Is there any big expense or anything that I can foresee that's coming up next week? And so it gives me a little backwards forwards, uh, outlook, but then I'm also always focused on my goals because your goals really root your budget or your money. You know, your goals are going to give your money direction. And there's certain things, obviously we have to pay every month. But there's also a lot of times excess money. And so if I just leave the excess money in my bank account, I know what happens. It goes down the drain pipe <laughs> and I, I never see it again. So it's this constant awareness, being very mindful of what's going on in my money and how can I route it different directions. And so, um, again, it's, I liken it to like putting a puzzle together or being a detective. You're just looking for little bits here and there and here and there. And it all starts to add up in a really profound way. Do you do this with your business as well? I do. Yes. <laughs> okay. I wondered about that. So you, you're doing this for your personal life and then your business life. How long does this usually take you per week? It usually takes me about 30 minutes or less. Oh, stop. So it's nothing. Yeah. It's, it's really not a lot of time at all. And I just schedule it out. I do it every Sunday afternoon and it's, it's become like a habit now. So I feel really weird if I don't do it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but I, again, I think it's about like set the mood, whatever that means to you. If it's, if it's go to a park, if it's get a cocktail, if it's put candles on it, it does not matter, but create an atmosphere around it that takes money from being a stressor in your life to something that you feel empowered, that you feel really good about doing, even if the numbers don't make sense to you right now. You have to get in that mindset of, I can do this. I can figure this out. Every week I'm getting stronger. Every day I'm putting one step in front, one footstep in front of the other. And that mindset shift, again, it doesn't suddenly create more money in your bank account, but helps you see things that maybe you couldn't see before when you were living under all of the stress and fear around money. 
Oh, I love it. I, yeah, I could not agree more. I've noticed that in my own life too. When when my mindset is not right, when I'm coming from maybe a place of scarcity or feeling like a lack of, I I feel that way in my budget. It, it's like yeah. everything feels like it's just out of whack. But when I'm living in abundance, you somehow look at your financial situation and you do, you see opportunities. It's the craziest thing. Yeah. And it's, it's like, well, it was there the whole time. Right? I know that's the frustrating <laughs> part. <laughs> No, it's so true. But it's just like, it's just like anything. I mean, if you're, it's really easy to use this example with, uh, when, when you're in a relationship and we've all had this experience when you're in a relationship and at first you're totally in love with the person. And then all of a sudden, like one little thing, they do weird, like the toothpaste thing or whatever it is. And then all you see is that thing. And it becomes such a big thing in your head. The same thing happens around money is, is if we're in debt or we don't like our situation, it's like, it becomes so big when if we just changed and went, all right, so it's there. Let me see how I can live with it, but let me see also how I can make it better. Uh, you know, that's really where I think the magic starts to happen. I love this. I've learned so much already just about how, how very wealthy people think, how you put this stuff into practice, into actual practice. You mentioned the basics. I'm kind of curious, what are some of the basics that people should be working on mastering? We, we've talked about it, but absolutely know your numbers. Now, what's coming, what's coming in is the good part. We love what's coming in. It's really understanding what's going out. And people are always like, yeah, all right, I know where I'm spending my money. But you and I both know that we can trick ourselves into thinking certain things are happening that aren't actually happening. So, I mean, I could give you thousands of examples of, of people. I, I had a couple once who wanted to buy a house and they made very good money and they thought that they were spending a certain amount of money eating out each month. In reality, when we looked at it, they were spending about tenfold of what oh, they thought. No. And when they just were able to see it and make that change, suddenly they were able to buy a house in six months and it had taken them 10 years to get to that point. So, okay. Um, really, really mastering that is again, a key, I think. Um, and it's taking that detective approach, but it's also saying like, okay, we'd like to think about our money in terms of growing it, in terms of investing it, saving our money, but how can we also protect our money? So mm. what are some of those things we need to look at? And insurance is not a favorite word for a lot of people, but it can be a very, um, could be a right product for you in a certain time in your life. But looking at how do I, how do I also protect my money and make sure I'm not exposed to certain things. And that could be something as simple as, do I have the right car insurance plan? Am I adequately covered? Um, so, you know, it's, it's the cash management, it's the debt management, and it's also looking at, are there any weak spots or any holes with my money that are, exposed to, um, you know, something happening to it negatively. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people talk about insurance. So I'm glad that you mentioned the protection piece too. I think that's a huge piece of our finances that we often forget. Yeah, I really, I cut my, cut my teeth with my dad, uh, doing very large insurance cases. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so I, um, I really seen that from a different perspective. And I also know, 
there are all types of different insurance, whether it's life insurance, disability, long-term care. It's not right for every single person, but I think it's also not right to make blanket statements that all of those products are bad because yep. in this, with a certain person in a certain situation, uh, I've seen those things be extraordinarily helpful. So I think it's, I know we don't like to think about those things. We don't like to add any extra negativity to money. But that's also a really smart money move is thinking about where am I potentially exposed and how could I protect myself? Oh, heck yes. I think you're so smart on that. Like I, I completely agree too. I I know we've talked about a lot of different elements of a good money plan. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you think is worth throwing in or mentioning? The last bit, and again, this is more, um, this isn't a concrete money step, but something I walk a lot of people through is understanding what I call your money story. And that's really looking at the narrative of how did you get to where you are today? What are some of the money patterns that maybe you pulled from your childhood or through relationships that are now impacting you in a way that isn't pushing you forward? Okay. And so looking at that money story, I have about 14 or 15 different prompts that I always ask people to fill out. And I have another little exercise that anybody could do at home called a money timeline of just taking a piece of paper and drawing kind of an arrow across the piece of paper and list all of the high things and the low things that have happened to you around money, buying a car, starting a business, being in debt, moving to the city you want to move to, all of those different things. And when you can practically see your timeline around money, again, it helps to give you that vision for what are some of the things maybe I need to be honest with myself and change about money? What are some of those patterns that I've carried through from childhood that are maybe inhibiting me from making certain money decisions? So I think it's really powerfully to also very powerful to also visually see your story. And then that helps you understand how to move forward in a more mindful way. What a killer exercise too. I think even you mentioned like the highs and lows for your timeline. That's even fascinating. What do you consider a high and a low? That is like so interesting. Um, you know, for me, for me, like a high would be starting my podcast, which then opened all these doors to lots of different things. Um, a high would be when I bought a house. Mm -hmm. Um, gosh, there's all sorts of a high for me is just really getting through days where I master my, my mindset. Yep. Um, lows could be anything from being in debt. It could be, uh, maybe a business idea didn't work out so well. Mm -hmm. Um, I got divorced, so <laughs> and lost a lot of my money. So, <laughs> Oh, bummer. I'm so um, sorry. That, that was many, that was well over 10 years ago, but, um, that could be definitely a negative. So it's, it could be, it could be tiny, tiny, minute things down to bigger things. It's really whatever in your life you've, you feel like has had impact. I mean, I did this exercise with someone, they created their money timeline. They had everything back to like, they did a lemonade stand that was super successful when they were seven. Like That's that, so was a, cute. that was a memory that stuck, stuck out to them. So it's really whatever, you know, whatever comes up in your, in your brain. I do this exercise usually like 15 to 20 minutes with, with a timer. 
And so you're forced to get it all out and also to not judge yourself. Because Mm -hmm. if we start judging ourselves, then we won't put something down or, oh, maybe this isn't right. And like the whole exercise is just get it out of your head and then you can visually see this. Yeah. I love it. I think that is, it's so smart. And I appreciate you sharing too, that some of the little minute things are still important. If it comes up for you to jot it down, there could be something deeper there too. So I I love that, that perspective. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I mean, again, I think if you can, if you can make money come to life, if you can root it in, even if you don't have a concrete vision, that's perfectly fine. Root it in just the tiniest thing. Maybe you just want to get a dog or, uh, I mean, it could be something very, 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 very small. And that's just, that's enough for you to go, okay, how can I be better with the money I have now so that I can make that happen? So it doesn't have to be these huge sweeping things like buying a house or moving or whatever, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be big things. It could be the small things. It's whatever is real and tangible to you. Mm. I love it. That is such a great tip and such a good exercise for everybody to go through. I think I'm going to have to do that myself right after this because I'm like sitting <laughs> there fun. thinking, I'm like, God, what, is the, what are my highs and my lows? I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, I know all my lows. Let's be real. There's, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, it's, so cele- it's important to celebrate the highs because True. I think that shows you that, all right, not everything has been bad here. You're, you're <laughs> so done, right. We've done some good things. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It's like it's almost that, like trust yourself perspective when you see it on paper. Absolutely. Yep. I love this conversation. So the podcast Millennial Money podcast is the one that you have been running for quite some time. I think everybody should go listen in. Where else should people go to learn more about you and your work? Yeah, so I'm also on uh, my website is mmoneypodcast.com. On Instagram, I'm at Shauna Game, and I post endless amounts of money tips <laughs> and musings that that come about. And um, yeah, the Money Mindset Journal is is available for only a few more days on Kickstarter, but then we're going to do a big wider release uh, later this summer. So you can check me out at Hello, It's Me. Co. That is our uh, Instagram handle where you can find out all that good information. So cool. Before we officially wrap up, are you down for some rapid fire questions? Sure. Okay. I don't know about you, but I'm obsessed with people's routine, specifically their morning routine. So what is your, your current routine? Ah, my current morning routine, I normally wake up around six and um, I have a copy of the Money Mindset Journal, so uh, I journal the daily pages out for a few minutes. Uh, I listen to uh, a meditation. I'm kind of hooked on the Calm app, so I listen to a quick meditation and then uh, get up and have breakfast and usually go for a nice, long, like, five-mile walk every morning before I start the day. Whoa, I love that. That's like the best morning routine ever. <laughs> I, not every day is that perfect, but I would say like four out of seven, we get there. I mean, that's pretty damn good. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'd be pretty happy with that. <laughs> okay. My next question for you, what is one purchase you recently made that has made your life better? Mm. Oh, I got one of those like amazing blenders. <laughs> this oh. sounds really silly, but one of those like amazing blenders that just does the kick-ass smoothies. And oh, so... That has definitely enriched my life. <laughs> For sure. Is it like the Vitamix one? Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm so jealous. Those are awesome. Yeah, it was 
well, I mean, well worth the investment, I will say. Good for you. I love it. Okay, this is going to be a tough one for you because I know you travel a lot, a lot. But where is one location you're dying to travel to? Oh, yeah, that is a tough question, right? Um, I would say that probably either Bali or Iceland. Those are at my two at the top of my list right now. I love it. I'm also shocked you haven't been there yet. I know. I know. I mean, I keep going all these other places and we're like, we have to be very intentional now about especially coming out of this time, like where we're going to actually go. I love it. That's so cool, though. I'm excited to see your your takeaways from those trips. Have you been there? No, same. Both have been on my list forever, too. But I usually just go wherever I find a good deal. Yes, I know. (laughs) I agree. It's rough. Okay, my last question for you. In your opinion, what is the secret to financial success? Wow. Um, that's such a good question. I would have to say the secret to financial success is to create a vision for the life you want to live and then know that you can get whatever money you have right now to come around and support that. Oh, beautiful. Shauna, thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure catching up with you and just chatting with you and learning more about your story. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been so amazing. All right. What did you think of the episode? I love the conversation. I think Shauna is such a rock star. And it was really interesting to hear about how she approaches mindset and money and just a little bit of the nuances there. I know I hear a lot of people on how they do mindset stuff, but I really appreciated her perspectives. I think it was really interesting to see how that worked in her own life. Now, I would love to hear from you. What stood out to you? What were your takeaways? Take a screenshot of this and tag me on Instagram. I'm at Whitney underscore Hanson underscore co. And tell me what your favorite part was or just that you were listening in. It means the world to me. All right, that's it for today. I hope you're having an awesome Wednesday and I will see you on Friday for Five Tip Friday or next week for another episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.